Well, just sit down and shut up. It's the news, according to me. Yeah. Good morning. It is uh, October 25th, 2023, 9.22 a.m. Not nearly as early as I had planned. I was uh, wrongfully told that a certain individual in my home would be gone at 7 o'clock this morning. Which, you know, otherwise I would have gotten up earlier, done the show. Because it just, it just, it just changes my whole day. And I, I, if I have to, uh, yeah, well, it's not going to get into that. So because so certain things are happening around the house here, I can't, I can't get in certain people's way. Or I feel like I'm in somebody's way. And I'm not going to mention any names. It's one of the people who live here in the household with me. Anyway, I'll get over it. The, uh, yeah, it is Wednesday. <clears throat> it is Wednesday, and it's it's not a live show, by the way. This is not. I'm just. I'm kind of giving up on the live thing here for the rest of this month. I'm going to see how how things go next month. Next month, I'm going to be in a little bit different schedule. Um, I will have days off through the week, <clears throat> so I'm trying to try. I'm going to try to work more weekends. At my day job, they call it. However, um, what what I'm planning on doing is is maybe uh, having a, a live show. Actually, a possibly a live show on Rumble, but I might also, uh, which is actually a video stream, and I might also do a a uh, recorded show on there too. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna start posting things on Rumble as well. I was gonna start posting some things on YouTube because they have relaxed a few rules uh, because of the elections coming up. They can't, you know, you can't censor somebody for talking about election fraud when, when they're concerned about the possibility of winning the election and then people being able to talk about election fraud or losing the election and not being able to talk, but not being able to talk about election fraud. So <clears throat> it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, that they're caught in a, they're caught in their own rules. So they have to change the rules. That's the way that's the way kids play on a, on a playground, by the way, they change the rules so they can win. They always, you know, so, what we have here is uh, a situation where I have something in my throat. I have, I have something in my my, my uh, cup here as well. A typical chai with uh, almond joy creamer. I have a backup cup today. It's uh, now I could have put. I still have. I just have a little bit of, of apple cider left. However, this has no apple cider in it. This is homemade sweet tea. So the the homemade sweet tea. Is is good stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's just good stuff. Made it yesterday, uh, chilled it overnight, and this morning it is just about just about perfect. I think yeah. So you probably hear the ice uh, clanking in the background during the show this morning because of, because of that. Hillary Clinton recently made a. Uh, by the by the way, I want to talk about shows in general. Um, I'm noticing even on uh, – I listen to Michael Knowles. I listen to a little bit. I, I, he, some of the things he says, I, he's, he's very intellectual. He's, he's got a good brain on him. He has, has good thought. He's very well read. Um, I, I used to listen to, to Andrew Claven, and right after the election, he made some, you know, some comments. It just, I was just done with him. Okay. And, and, and he's, still, he's still part of the Daily Wire, but – and he's, he's, he's very well read as well. He's a very intelligent individual, very creative. But I, I'm sorry. You've just you're 
when you make statements that are just downright stupid, uh, it, it causes me to think that maybe your, your line of reasoning, your ability to reason, you know, thinking and reasoning is one of the things that we have as, as, as human beings that are kind of above the animals to some degree, to, to a large degree. And, and it's, uh, when you make a stupid statement, uh, I just, I'm sorry, your, your conclusion sometimes just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's good tea. Uh, so I have, uh, and my, Michael Knowles, sometimes once in a while he makes a comment that, frankly, is, I just, now he's, he's Catholic. Uh, he's very much involved in the Roman Catholic Church, and he'll make theological statements once in a while that are just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely false, based on Roman Catholicism, Roman Catholic doctrine, which many times, I'm sorry, if you're Catholic, I'm sorry about this, but there's a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine that contradicts Scripture. And uh, I, and unfortunately, if, if you're a Protestant, I, I tell you this, uh, but there's a lot of <laughs> the Protestant movement and Martin Luther and, and everything that happened there uh, is really just a form. Most Western church culture is Reformed Roman Catholicism. It is not fulfilled Judaism, which I think is what, that Jesus came to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill Judaism, not to change it. I've, I've heard people say, well, now the Christians are, are the God's chosen people. It's not Jews anymore. That's, that's, that's never changed. Uh, be careful what you're saying there. It was an everlasting covenant that he made with them. We have been engrafted into, we are now by faith children of Abraham. There is reference even in Revelation of this whole engrafting process. And it is, I think, one of the reasons that we have a hard time helping to show the Jewish people who their Messiah is. And there is actually a, an undertone, undercurrent of anti-Semitism within some denominations. It's a very quiet kind of bias or bigotry, I guess I would say, almost. So the, yeah. And I think we need to be very careful with that. We need to understand what, what the scriptures are really saying. And, and part of that is because we don't, in, in the Western culture, we don't, in, the, in the Western church, we do not understand or even study or look at or even, under, even give any kind of time of day to the, to the feasts. And I, you know, with this, maybe we'll have a Seder meal, but it's, there's no teaching within it. There's no understanding of what's going on there. It's just, oh, we're going to have a lamb chop and some hummus or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's kind of a, The um, <clears throat> that's a that's a side note, boy. I, I was going down to the sidetrack there for a while. <clears throat> the um, the interesting thing, I think that that is uh, Hillary Clinton was recently in a uh, in a meeting. Oh, I was getting off this this whole thing about watching other people's shows. 
I watch a lot of content. I watch or I listen. I listen to a lot of content on on YouTube because this that's really what this kind of this show is kind of about. That I like to comment on what other people are. Uh, what do you say? How you say? Uh, punditing on they're they're you know talking about what their shows are about. Now keep in mind these these people like the Daily Wire and other other individuals. Especially, like, well, Sean Hannity is a prime example of this. But these, a lot of these shows have radio shows, whatever they are. Um, they have a tremendous, uh, re- have tremendous resources. They have a staff, and it might only be f- three or four people, but they have a staff. Some of them have a lot more than that. Stephen Crowder, by the way, has you know, not, you don't just have the people. He's got his staff. A lot of his staff is up right there on the show, but he's even got more staff behind the scenes working on things another room during the show calling up information and doing things and just all the stuff that's going on right there and all these creative people come together to make the show for for what is it two hours or whatever the show is an hour and a half or whatever whatever it is for his live show and they got six hours of, of in, the, in the day or more to prepare and you got how much manpower there you've got you know 10 people working on a six hour show or working on a, a one hour show for six hours of the day <clears throat> now you have 60, 60 man hours that you're putting into that, that show. Or probably, probably more than that, but we'll just be conservative here. It would take me a week and a half to put together a show with one. one and, and there's this synergy of people working together on something that actually, you know, manif- it uh, actually manifests a higher yield for the amount of time you put into it. Two people working on something can get something. To, it's, it, it is usually more, you know, it, it cuts your time in half on a project. It, it, you, you would think if one person takes one person an hour to do a particular task, then two people should be able to do it in 30 minutes. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it takes 25 minutes for two people to do a task because there is a synergy of the ability of people to work together. It is a weird concept. This has been proven uh, many times in many research studies where they have one person who can lift 120 pounds and they'll take the, what each person is, is their maximum amount that they, let's say you have four people who each of them can lift 120 pounds. I don't know why I picked 120 pounds because now I have to do math. So these four people together should be able to lift 480 pounds. Right? No. In every study, they were able to lift more than 480 pounds. What, what is going on there? It makes no sense whatsoever. And yet it is, ab- it is absolute in this, the studies that have been done. It is called synergy. And it's, it's, well, at least that's the term I've been told. I don't know. I've just called something else. I, but it, that's, that's what, I, that's what I've, I've heard it's called. First, I want to back up and say I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a geopolitical scientist. I'm not a uh, physicist of any sort. I'm not a financial counselor. So just, just bear in mind, it's just, these are just my opinions and stuff I've heard on the internets, interwebs. So, so we have, uh, but I listen to a lot of content, and, and what I've what I've come to determine now is, especially because they become really successful, and they be, you know they get all these listeners, all these followers, 
And the next thing you know, they have sponsors. So in the middle of these sponsors, so in the middle of their show, they might have like a 40-minute show. Like I think Michael Knowles' show is usually about 40 minutes. And it's produced. It's, 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 it's an uploaded video, so it's, it's not live. Now, sometimes they'll do what's called a premiere, which is kind of like a, a live show, but it's actually a recorded show that goes on and it's called a premiere and you can actually, there's a live chat involved in the live, in the, in the recorded show being posted. So people can participate in real time with this live chat. That's what a premiere is basically. It's not, it's not necessarily a live. Now, I, now this, I guess you can do a live show and call it a premiere, but, it, but mostly the live shows are just live shows. But my, and the premieres are just, that's what they are. So having said that uh, in the middle of all these, typically, Several, maybe several, several times throughout the course of a podcast transmission, there are sponsors. They have advertisements. And one of the nice things about the advertisements sometimes is that if it's a recorded advertisement, is that it gives the the the, the people who are doing the show it gives them a little bit of a break. Um, I had a show with my uh, with my nephew for a while. We did a live show, and we had these little bumpers. So we, we, would, we would record some news segments. We'd record some other things, and we had a little bumpers that we'd put on, little funny little skits that we would do. Uh, there were only about four or five of, of the little bumpers that we would do. And so they were kind of the same thing over and over. <clears throat> and, but it gave us a, you know, a two- or three-minute break where we could kind of regroup and kind of change gears and get, get ready for the next segment. And then I would pre-record a a news segment where I would read particular news about that particular topic that we were, or the uh, genre that we were, uh, the show was about. And so it, it was, uh, it worked out pretty well because we had, you know, we had the ability to do that. We would do that, I think three, three days a week, I think we had our show. And we had, we basically just put it together in the morning and then we'd have the show, you know, late morning, after early afternoon. And, um, it was, you know, we'd have, we'd have lunch and we'd talk about what we're going to do on the show and then we'd have, have the show. And it, it worked out pretty well. But, but, but those little bumpers, those little – and, and after a while, we had advertisers. And what I noticed was it, the advertising thing, uh, the sponsorships, was kind of a – it got in the way. Um, the, the show itself kind of took on a, a little much, – a much different tone. And even the, the amount of content that we were able to provide was uh, diminished because we're, now we have to talk about our sponsors. Um, so it was – that's kind of what I, I have here. I, what, what I have is when I'm, when I'm watching these shows, especially like if you listen to a radio show, they, they start the radio show after the news break at the top of the hour. And that might, might go three or four or five, four minutes. And then you've got advertisements. And the show actually starts maybe about five after the hour. And that, that show has a bumper. The introduction. You know, Dan Bongino, whatever. Sean Hannity. He's got like a five-minute bumper at the beginning. Is with all these little clips. And they're interesting. It's interesting to listen to the clips, but it's always the same thing. And then he gets into the show about 10 minutes into the, after, after the hour. And he talks for about five minutes, five, you know, maybe, maybe 10. And then we start in with the advertising. The, the breaks. So you got the, the quarter hour break and then you got the, 
bottom of the hour, you know, time. And he, and he comes back in, he talks about the same thing. Then he has a, has a guest on for, for 30 seconds and he gives the guest a chance to say, he, he goes on with a, with a monologue before he asks the question, to set up his question for the, for the guest. And then he gives the guest a question. And then as the guest is trying to answer the question, he interrupts them and he ends up going on his monologue again. And then he asks him another question. And it's, it's just, so he, it's kind of a ridiculous, goofy thing, in my opinion. Uh, you, and then you go back to an advertisement again. And then you have local news at the bottom of the hour. And then you have more advertising for the local station. And then you have advertising for the internet, you know, the national station. And then you, the national, you know, they have their own advertising. And then it's just one thing after another. So in the course of a three-hour show, you, you probably get about an hour's worth of content. Whereas on this show, because <clears throat> I'm sponsoring myself, so you get a whole hour of content. Of course, it, the, the content might be questionable in terms of what you're getting. But think about what you're paying <clears throat> for this content. Touche. There you go. Uh, so anyway, uh, on, on with the show. Now that the, now 17 minutes have passed and you haven't heard a thing that's about anything. But you did find out what's in my cup, and that's, you know, that's worth it right there. If for no other reason, you know that now. Hillary Clinton recently, and this is courtesy of the Jimmy Dore show, uh, he had a pretty good, he actually played more of it than I've heard anybody else say. Hillary Clinton was apparently in this little, uh, she drew a huge crowd. <clears throat> you know, this, think, keep in mind, if, if Donald Trump was going to be in a room talking about something, uh, it, you know, the place would sell out. It'd be packed. Hillary Clinton shows up to do a, a talk, and it was a public open meeting, some kind of, uh, I think it was an open forum, it's probably at a university someplace. I don't even know where it was. And Joe Biden had just given a speech. It was about this whole $100 billion. He's going to, it's a package deal for Ukraine, for uh, Israel, and there was another other country. I can't remember what the country was now, uh, sadly. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Maybe Syria. I don't know. <clears throat> wherever it was. And so he has this, uh, he did this speech about how he has this package. He wants to roll all this stuff into one thing. And this guy's, you know, saying this, you know, we're heading for war here. We're, we're continuing to continue to throw money at all this stuff. We're, we're basically doing all these proxy wars right now. <clears throat> Which, by the way, I understand that there was a, a special forces team went into Gaza, apparently uh, got shot up pretty bad. I, I don't know. This is, it was just kind of dropped. It wasn't, has not been, has not come from the State Department. It's come from another individual who found out about it, who was being interviewed. And I don't know, uh, I, don't know I don't know the outcome. I haven't heard any official report about this whole thing. Um, but they apparently got got uh, shot up pretty bad. I, so I don't know what happened. And uh, of course, everybody's talking about this being the you know the Bay of Tonkin type of type event. Um, but they would have plastered it all over the news if, if they would have wanted it to be that. Um, which actually, since it was a real event, so Bay, Bay of Tonkin was basically a phony event that was set up to get us into the, new, uh, to the Vietnam War. Uh, Korean War? Korean War. I think. I think it was Korean War, maybe. 
So <clears throat> we ended up ended up. Uh, yeah. You know, I could probably find out. I just because now it's going to bug me. I might as well look it up here live while while we're doing this. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Bay of Tonkin. Bay of Tonkin incident. Bay of Tonkin incident. It was Vietnam. I was thinking it was Korea. Uh, but Gulf of Tonkin incident in 1964. Naval confrontation between North Vietnam and the United States. Um, it, it was. It was a. An incident that basically was kind of um, truth about Tonkin Naval. It's, it's been well known that it was a setup and that they – it was supposedly an attack on one of our ships that actually wasn't. Um, it was this Lyndon B. Johnson Gulf of Tonkin incident history. Yeah, there's, there's. You just look it up. It's, it's, T, it's spelled T O N K I N, and again, it was just an incident that they created to get us into the war uh, in Vietnam. So the um, same kind of thing can happen uh, in this kind of situation. They'll, they'll have something happen that, and of course, they had one missile that hit Poland, I guess, a NATO country, and right away they were quick to say, "Oh, Russia hit Poland with a with a missile." And apparently it was a Ukrainian missile that had gone rogue, went to Poland. And it's, but the, right away they were ready to jump in. All these people were ready to jump into to war right away. Um, so he, anyway, he, he made this speech about the, all this stuff. And, and Hillary was there. And this, guy, this one guy stands up. I don't know what the guy's name is. Now, this is, this is uh, from – I'm going to play the, play the audio. She basically tells the guy to sit down and shut up. It tells him to sit down several times. But at one point she, she says to sit down and shut up. Because, of course, she doesn't want to listen to any of that. And so they, they – um, they get into quite a heated argument. And apparently, you know, Hillary wasn't prepared for this kind of a reaction because we're up here to tell you the story and tell you how it is. And you're not there to confront us or question us or come – you know – tell us anything else besides what we're telling you right here because, oh, that's just your, that's just your opinion. Oh, good for you for, you know, knowing your history or whatever, for, for making up history. The, 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 kind of co- the kind of comment that she makes here is, is quite remarkable actually. Um, well, let's, let's pull it up. I'll let you listen to this and just – you can make up your own mind because uh, what she says is, is – oh, it kind of gets breaks into the – I missed the first part of it and get it recorded but you'll be able to hear the whole, most of the whole thing. Um, of the, two more people I, I to hear from. I'm sorry. You, you have a the, chance. Well, the, I'm not sorry. The, the hip, Sit down. I, I know you're not sorry. People, That's the point. The hypocrisy <laughs> of this you're not speech. Sorry. The I'm hypocrisy of the fact that – what, what do you have – can you please – can you, can you please a make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech? This is a clearly is, warmongering speech. President Joe Biden is calling for $100 billion of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. And we're Taiwan, supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham Clinton sit here. And, okay. I'm yes. sorry. You know, yes. this is not what, what, this is not no, the way. I thought she said no, she wasn't no, sorry. I'm sorry. My, my conversation. That was Jimmy. Do you know what those things she did? You can, <laughs> you can sit here. Okay. Right. You're yeah. going you're gonna, to you're gonna wait for me, right? I, please. I, 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 don't, I do not believe you. 
I you. listen to you and I, do, I will respond I to do you. I do not believe you. But Respectfully, right, I do not believe you. Well, and the fact yes, of the matter is that the yes, American people's voice are what need to be heard. Yeah, because, they are being Because heard. our president is not speaking for the American people and well, neither are you. that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes, that's my but, opinion. But, well, then sit down. We've heard your opinion. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we've heard your opinion. Thank you very much. Um, that's your opinion. It's American people's voice that, that is, it, he's actually correct about that. The vast majority of people now, if, he po- if the, all the polls now are saying that they are done sending money to Ukraine. The, most people now, the majority of the country now does not support this idea of sending more money to Ukraine. And there is obvious evidence that somehow arms and weapons that were sent to Ukraine somehow ended up in the hands of the terrorists in Gaza. Gaza. How, how does this happen? How do those weapons end up in the Middle East? There, there's... Um, so much corruption. Ukraine was one, like the, the second most corrupt country in the, in the world, according to statistics that were analyzed analysts before the, the invasion. So all the stuff that's going on over there right now, did they all of a sudden cease to become a corrupt country? All the oligarchs, all the, all, all the people who were in charge, all of a sudden they're, they're all of a sudden angels now and we were supposed to be able to trust them with all this money? Billions and billions of dollars flowing into Ukraine. I don't know what the most recent total of amount of money is. It's got to be pressing close to a trillion. And now everything we do, well, we're going to have, uh, we're going to provide uh, school buses now. We're going to give some funding for school buses. And we're going to throw in a $40 billion wraparound for the Ukraine on that thing. Yeah, we're going to have make sure uh, toothbrushes. We've got a toothbrush bill now. Everybody's going to get a toothbrush, free toothbrush. And we're going to throw in a you know fifty billion dollar bill for Ukraine. I'm going to tag that on there too. And now it's going to be Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. We just got to, just got to keep throwing money at those places because you know the industri- military industrial complex. Most of that money comes back to the military industrial complex. When we're giving them funds, it's to buy our weapons. It's not just to rebuild things, or you know, of course, then again. Halliburton does that. So there's going to be other companies that come in and rebuild things. And the money just keeps flowing. Now there's all this money flowing over there that makes all this happen. Well, we have to rebuild our schools because they bombed our schools. So now we've got to rebuild those. So here's, you know, here's a billion dollars for this $100 million school. And, you know, some people make lots of money doing that. It's a way for them to get money into the economy without it coming through our country, which buffers the effect of, 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 uh, Inflation, which is what they're really trying to do here. It devalues your dollar, which over time it devalues your dollar. And it's, it's, it's sad because if you have $100,000 in the bank, if you'd, if you'd have you know, been uh, in, you know, 20, 30 years ago, when I was a kid, if you had $100,000 in the bank, you, you were retired for, for life on that at, at, at the, in, in the 1960s. You could buy a house for $12,000. You could buy a car for a thousand dollars. You could live very comfortably on hundred thousand dollars for the rest of your life at, at retirement age. 
if you just put that money in the bank and waited, you can't even buy a house now for $100,000. It's, uh, it, it is the, and, and by the way, inflation doesn't just naturally have to happen, by the way. Inflation happens because of the devaluation of our dollar. It's, it's the value of our dollar should not go, go, it has consistently gone down and everybody just accepts that this is the way it works. Well, of course it is. Since 1913, when the creature from Jekyll Island came in, came in play, 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 to play. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> one ounce of gold 50 years ago would buy you a nice suit. One ounce of gold. You could buy a, a nice suit. Not, not a overly fancy suit, just a nice suit. But, but a really nice quality suit. Custom, custom suit. Today, a ounce of gold will pay for a really nice suit. A very nice custom suit. The same suit. It has intrinsic value. It has, it has a, however, it doesn't have intrinsic value to everyone. This, this is where people, I get into this whole thing with gold. People say, oh, I've got gold. I've got, I've got, I've, where, who are you going to sell it to? So when, when the, when the poop hits the proverbial fan, the proverbial poop hits the proverbial fan and the proverbs start flying all over the place. What, what are you going to do when you need to buy bread? You need to buy food. And the guy with the food isn't, he doesn't want money. He doesn't, he doesn't want your gold. Because he can't do anything with that. He might want ammo. He might want, you know, weapons, sidearms, gasoline. He might want to trade you eggs for a couple steaks. Maybe he wants vegetables, and you've got vegetables, and he's got chickens. But it's gold. He's, he's going to take a bite out of that. It's, how's that going to? That doesn't work on your teeth too well. You know, just it, what do we do in a daily life? What it requires you to have gold. Now it, it's it's used in industry. It's used in some things. It's pretty much most gold in the world is used for sitting around collecting gold. It is a, think about this. What are you going to use it for? Well, I was going to fix my car, but I got to go out and get a bar, bar of gold to make, make sure I can fix that thing. It's, no, it's, we've been hoodwinked into this idea that gold has this, some kind of value that, and it does because people trade it and it does have value in industry. There, there's, there's some things that people use gold for. But in, by and large, in most situations, people just don't use gold on a day-to-day -day basis. You might want to dress yourself up with it, make a watch, watch band or earring or something. I don't, that's what You don't need that to live. I think some people might, I don't know, the way they pin themselves and ink themselves. What is going on with all that? You know, when you become, when it becomes a solid picture on your arm, it's, well, there's no skin left. You can't see skin anymore. It's just all picture. It's all ink. Really? 
I, I don't know. I, I do what you want there. It's your body. It's, you got to live with it. But I, it's, I just find it to be incredibly unattractive. And it's, it's almost, uh, I don't know, there's some, some kind of a, some people are addicted to it. It's like an addiction for them. They have, they have to continue getting stuff done. And I, I've, there's just one comedian who's like, his whole neck is like all, it's, it's solid. And now he's got stuff coming up onto his face. He's got tattoos that come up onto his face. And, he, and he'll admit he's got issues. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't really like it, but you know, very well. But he does it. He keeps doing it. He just keeps getting worse. It's, it's, it's a almost psychotic type thing. So there's something psychosomatic going on there. Anyway, um, I'm not saying there's anything evil about a tattoo, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There are places in scripture that said don't tattoo your body. But it's, I don't want to get legalistic on this stuff. It's just, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I don't, what, why, why? I don't have, there's, I've never had the spirit of God Move on my heart and say, you, you really need to get a tattoo. This is really going to be a blessing for you to get a tattoo. It's going to really move the kingdom. I'm going to bring the kingdom. Uh, that's another thing. I've heard people say, Look, we're going to build the kingdom. Well, that's, Jesus didn't say he was going to build the kingdom. He said he's going to bring the kingdom. Kingdom's already, he's, he, he is the kingdom. He's, he's the king. He's What are you going to build for him? Anyway, the um, so so Hillary makes this this comment. He gets in this argument with this guy, and one of the things <laughs> that it, one of his main points here, and but and yet he makes a good point. He makes he says that you know you guys are creating the narrative. You guys are the ones who this is free speech, and and you guys are doing all this. And of course they they knock they just push the guy back down. Now now granted, I'm surprised the guy didn't get hauled out. I think he was asked to leave, but basically they just told him basically to sh sit down and shut up. We're, you know, we're having our discussion and you're here to, we're here to entertain you with our narrative, basically. This, is, this isn't a let's hear from you kind of thing. You can, we'll, ask, we'll answer some questions, but you, know, you have, to, have to ask a question like, what's your favorite ice cream cone flavor? Is it a waffle cone or do you, do you, do you have a wafer cone? What, do you, what, do you, what is your favorite cone? That's the kind of questions they're asking uh, that they want people to ask. And granted, the guy was a little bit rude. He gets up and starts pushing back and pushing in their face. And he's already confrontive. He's already confrontational when, he's, when he starts his talk, which I, I think that, you know, you can ask an intelligent question without being confrontational if, you, if, you know, if you're thoughtful about it. And I, I'm, I'm not the guy to do that because uh, I'll, I'll come across like a babbling buffoon. But, I, but it's, it's, if you don't... If you don't have some kind of you know forethought about how you're going to ask a question so that they so that they don't feel threatened by the way because you know you don't want them to get defensive you want to, you want real answers if you really want answers or if you're just making a point that's and that's what happens so much on the left is rather than having them actually have a thoughtful conversation a deliberate back and forth with some discourse it's I'm throwing the straw man in here. I'm doing this, and I'm going to throw this into your face because this is what Sky News basically. Uh, Sky, Sky News Australia is pretty well a, a conservative branch of the Sky News brand. Sky News UK is much more leftist 
much more socialist, collectivist. Uh, there's a lot more pundits on the on the Australian side of Sky News Australia than that are very, I would consider them more conservative. Um, they recently had a little, I think it was about 10, 10 15 minutes long, little uh, expose on the how unhinged the environmentalist movement is becoming. One of the things that they said, um, or that, you know, they show all this different, different, different things where these people are just, just unhinged. They're going, they, they want dog food now to become ve- vegetable. They, they, we could save the planet if we just have, if, if all dog food was veg- vegetable based instead of meat based. Now you realize most of the meat that's in dog food is byproducts, things that we would need. And by the way, dogs don't do well on vegetables. They're just, they're not set up for that. They're just, they're just their systems, you have to give them, much like vegans in this country, they have vitamin deficiencies. They have certain mineral deficiencies because they, they, if, if you eat nothing but vegetables, you will have some issues. Your, your, bone, your bone density, all kinds of things happen to you that you have to deal with. And it's, uh, you have to take supplements. Or else you're not going to be healthy. Back in the day, I remember growing up when I was in my teens. I remember people saying they were vegans or they were vegetarians. They did not look healthy. Did not look well. Well, this you know now studies have shown you have to have these these additional things in your diet in order to make your keep your body healthy. And people who do typically will have a pretty pretty standard diet. They have pretty pretty uh, they. Typically, however, they have found also that vegetable fats, the fats that are in vegetables, certain types of vegetables, are just as bad for your heart as as red meat or anything else. And it's, it's of course bad. I say bad for your heart. It's like has more to do with your with more more has a lot more to do with genetics than it does anything else. But it, and, and your ability to exercise and and. Uh, Maintain exercise is a huge thing, uh, both mentally. You know, I see these advertisements for these little games you can play on your phone. You know, you can play. If you play this game for ten minutes a day, your brain will be. You know, it will increase your brain activity or whatever. That doesn't. That has, there's no study on the planet, none, zero, that have shown that brain activity increases the longevity of your brain, brain's ability to. Continue doing its thing. The only thing that has is physical activity. Physical activity, especially aerobic fitness, is the one thing that seems to stave off and stem the health of your brain, believe it or not. It's ironic, but it's it's the way it is. And it has more to do with... um, with that, than anything, than, than actually now, now learning new things. You know, okay, I'm going to learn how to play piano. I'm, I'm 65 years old. I'm going to learn how to play piano. That that is good for you. It is it is is good for mental stimulation, which is a part of some of that. But your ability to in to uh, learn more and there there's some study habits. There's some things that you know. Just as you get older, there's there's more going on with this your brain's ability to you know make the synapses and the boutons and all the stuff that's going on up there to be able to, to continue to function properly. But 
the biggest thing that you can do to, to maintain it, to stave off the, the results of aging to the brain, are physical activity. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a, a cardiologist. There's also a, uh, a very interesting recent study. This is just brought up. I think this was actually on the Michael Knowles show. He might have brought it up. Very interesting study where they found that uh, blood transfusions and some other things like, like transplants, there are, there's a high, high degree of transferring personality traits. This is very bizarre. Uh, there was a lady that's a report. There's one, the one main report that was talked about was this lady who had received a, I believe it was a lung transplant or it might've been a, it might've been something, some other organ. And the, the person from, from whom she got the, she, she was in her sixties. And I think that the uh, person she got the lung transplant from was like a teenager. And she had a sudden craving for fried chicken and beer and pizza or something. I don't some like stuff that kids eat. Now I have cravings for pizza. I just, the other day I was like, I mean, I got to find a pizza. I, I've been, I was working on the, more of a late shift. This, this month has been more of a late shift uh, kind of a schedule that I've had. And for some reason in the evening, if I haven't eaten, you know, I'm, I'm getting hungry into the evening. It's, it's probably the worst. I don't know if it's one of the worst things for you to eat, but I don't, I don't feel like eating a, a cheeseburger at nine o'clock at night. But pizza, see, I just, there's something about pizza. I can do that. Now, fruit, I just don't want to eat fruit that late. I, I don't want to eat donuts. No. Eggs. I could eat an egg. I probably, probably eat a couple of, bo- and probably that's probably the best thing for you to eat is a couple of boiled eggs, hard boiled eggs, maybe. At, at that, 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 you know, when you, if you're hungry that late at night, that's probably okay. You know, some cheese and some hard boiled eggs or something. I, I don't know. Pretty mild food. Maybe some rice. But the, um, for some reason, pizza just kind of, it just comes out of my mouth. It's just not the, the word. I mean, not, not the pizza, but the word wants to come in my mouth. I could just, I could eat, I could eat a whole pizza right now. And it's probably the, one of the worst things for me. I, it depends on the pizza, I guess, but um, what's on it? Anyway, where was I? So I have, I've, um, I was, it seemed like I was t- talking about something that was important that I So, so Hillary um, just tells this guy to sit down and shut up. And this is typical of the elites, of the people who were, are in charge. Uh, now, there are people who are saying don't rule Hillary out for, for the next uh, election. So let's get into this a little bit. Let's talk about what's happening right now, especially with the Trump lawsuits, the RICO lawsuit that I think 19 people, maybe there's more than that, who were included in this RICO lawsuit, right? It was 19 counts. It might've been 15 people, 19 counts under this RICO statute. And she wanted to try them all at the same time. And of course they all, they kind of broke that up now into, well, now there's plea deals dropping like crazy. Uh, Sydney, I think Sidney Powell was one of the first, and then there was the other guy who was supposed to, supposedly the mastermind of this whole thing where they were going to take over the government. 
this, this one guy he had, had seven or eight counts against him or whatever, however many it was. There was half a dozen or more. And all of a sudden, he, he pleads guilty to a misdemeanor. And it's basically a there's – a, there's a name for it, a legal name for it. But basically after three years, if he doesn't commit any other crimes, it all goes away. It, all, it, it disappears. It actually doesn't even show up on his record anymore. Same thing with Sidney Powell. I think she has uh, – she, she had several charges and, and she ended up pleading guilty to four, five, six, whatever it is, misdemeanors. Misdemeanors that have nothing to do with Trump. But the left-wing media – and now there's been like seven or eight people now that have gotten plea agreements. Supposedly, uh, Mark Meadows, who was Trump's chief of staff – Supposedly now he's he's flipped he's turned on Trump. Now what they're doing here when when they say this kind of stuff, of course now the walls are closing in. Everybody's everybody's turning on Trump. I think this is an attempt to shake up the Trump lawyer team. What they have done here is they've gone after Trump's lawyers, Trump's legal counsel, and implicated them in this made up crime that they have. This is unheard of. If this is the case, then Hillary Clinton's lawyers should have been taken to the, to the dry cleaners on this. Because she says that it was her lawyers who told her that this, is, this normally gives people protection under the advice of legal counsel. I destroyed my phones and I deleted all those emails. Well, what are you going to do? The lawyers told her to do it. And you can't, you can't, you know, hold the lawyers legal. Or you can't hold them accountable. But yet, she got away with it. So Donald Trump discusses things with his lawyer team, his legal team. And per their advice, they give him advice on, well, th there is a path. You can do this, this, and this. And according to that, it looks like you could... You know, and, and having alternate electors, by the way, is not a crime either. And, and that has happened almost every election that Republicans have won. There have been alternate electors there just in case there was something else that happened. And that's what happened in this case. They had alternate electors there. Oh, these were phony you know, electors that were there to take over, to usurp the government, to insurrect the government. And yet none of these charges have anything to do with that. It's one, one of the things was basically it's, I signed a piece of paper to, to ask for someone to do an investigation. And uh, that was a misdemeanor. However it was done, they, they turned it into a crime. And they're saying that these people, are, now, now they can, with the agreement, these people took this plea agreement with the, with the agreement that they can come back and testify against Donald Trump. They only have to testify about what they were held guilty for. And they, all they were held guilty for was a misdemeanor. Mark Meadows, I don't know what kind of plea agreement he took. Uh, maybe I can find that. But he, again, the, uh, I'm sure it's all over the news. If I can just, yeah, Mark Meadows news. Mark Meadows has gutted Donald Trump attorney. Not Donald Trump, that's what the attorney says. Uh, the, big, the big mystery of Mark Meadows' January 6th testimony. Mark Meadows strikes deal with prosecutors. Ex-Chief of Staff Mark Meadows granted immunity. Uh, 
So supposedly he's turning on Donald Trump. He testified the election was not stolen, given immunity. Uh, okay. That's his opinion. So all of a sudden, Mark Meadows is the authority on whether or not elections are stolen or not. It's, you see, it's, it's, if, if I tell you that I believe the sky is blue and you're saying, no, it's green. Well, I believe it's blue. Well, no, we're going to arrest you because it's green and it's, it's a legal color and that's what the sky is green. And so you're, we're going to arrest you because you're saying it's green and you're wrong. You're lying. I'm not lying. I, when I look at it, it looks that, to me, that's blue. I call that blue. You might say, well, no, it's, it's, it's green. It might, at the, at the very least, it's teal. Okay, well, I, I call it blue. Well, that, well, you're wrong and we're going to arrest you for it. You're trying to usurp the sky. Well, I still believe it's blue. This is where sort of we get into this problem of how do you judge? See, their, their assertion here is that Donald Trump knew that the election was legal. He knew that the election was, was fair and, and wasn't stolen. And yet he bilked his followers into this idea that he was going to convince them that it was stolen and that they have to go after the, the – uh, this was all a ploy to rile up his supporters and all these other people around him. And he's, he's lying to them by, by telling them that it was stolen. This is the big lie. When you hear, hear him talking about they believe the big lie, when, when uh, Liz Cheney – she kept saying all the time during January, every time she made a speech, the big lie. It was always about the big lie, the big lie, the big lie. That was what it was about. The lie was that the election was stolen. That's, that's the lie that's the lie that they're talking about. And they would just continue to go on with this whole thing. So, now... We have this crazy, wacky lawsuits flying all over the place based on the big lie. This idea that Donald Trump tried to usurp the election because he lied to everybody. Really? Okay, whatever. So, that, that's what they continue to go on with. Now, the big lie, the really big lie was Hillary Clinton saying that Russia stole the election in 2020, 2016. That was a big lie. Hillary knew it was a lie. We all knew it was a lie because Hillary paid for that lie, knowing that it was false information, and yet, guess what? She was never prosecuted for it. No reasonable prosecutor would go after her for that. Well, apparently we have a lot of unreasonable prosecutors right now, and James Comey's not standing up for any of those or trying to, you know, it's just, it's just bizarre, weird, bizarre stuff. The, the delusion is just, like I said, I always talk about this delusional mentality on the left and it's just so, it's just, just so amazing. Where was I? I, I keep losing my place. I keep, I keep feeling like there's something I've skipped over. I was going to working my way up to an important point, and I just keep forgetting to keep going with it. But the the whole the whole the whole point of this, I think, I think they're trying to scare people, and I think they're trying to scare the the uh, 
the legal team on Trump's side. Nobody wants to be his lawyer because they're going after his lawyers. This is how deluded and de- demented these people are. Now, how do you how do you get to this point? So, basically, what amounts to is that they don't they do not have any any leg to stand on. And what they're hap- what's happening here is that all this idea that all these people are going to turn on Trump, they're all turning on Trump. And they're going to have to testify against him. They can cart them all in there if you want to. I, I just don't see where they – and most legal scholars now are saying that, no, this is you – know, it's obviously – there's really – in fact, I had – I was going to play this one audio of this, this guy who was on MSNBC and he was going on and on about it. Oh, oh this, is, this is bad news for, for Trump. This is bad news for Trump. But in the end, I don't think there's, there's much they can do to him. With that, with that, the testimony is going to going to be whole much water. So, really? So, so you're saying this is really bad news for Trump? Really bad news for Trump? But then when they pressed him on it, it was like, well, but it's probably probably nothing they're going to be able to do. Now, I, I don't know. The way they've been twisting the law and twisting all kinds of things, the way they do all this stuff, it would not surprise me if they were able to actually twist something into another narrative and try to get him to go to a, to a plea deal as well. Well, we're going to charge you with this, but we'll, we'll accept a plea deal. We'll take less. Basically, they're, they're saying, oh, this is a big win for, the, for, for Fanny. Big win for Tishy Tish. But it's not. But the left likes to think it is. And again, this is the same thing they have done for the last seven years. They just they, – they build themselves up to this idea that, oh, we finally got this guy. He's going down. Oh, look at what we're doing to him. Oh, now we're prosecuting him. Oh, now look at this guy, this evil guy. Oh, he's going to – can you imagine now if he actually gets re- – and this is where they're, they're really – like I said yesterday on yesterday's show, Rachel Maddow thinks that if he gets back into office, he's going to try us all for treason and, and execute us all. Well, maybe, maybe it's just – maybe you think that's what you deserve. You just have to think about that. Why would she go there? Why, why would you even think that? Maybe it's because she's afraid that, 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 that maybe they actually deserve it. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying maybe they're afraid of it because that's what they think, they, that's what they think is coming. People do that. They, they, they get this fear of, well, I know I'm guilty. I know I'm doing this. I know I'm, oh, they're going to find out and then I'm going to be in trouble and then they're going to kill me. And in reality, the person has nothing to, you know, they, don't, they have no intention of that whatsoever. They're just building this, all, this whole thing up into something that's not even there. That's what's happening here on the left. They, they built this guy into such a boogeyman, such a monster, that they believe that the monster comes after them, they're, they're all going to be gone. Because they've made this guy out to be such a monster. And when you're a child and you think that there's something under your bed or something in your closet, because it's dark and you can't see what's there, and the more you think about it, the bigger that monster gets. The creepier it gets, the more, the more it's going to come get you. That's what happens to, to, to your psyche when you're young and you don't, you, you're, you're, the unknown is there and you don't know what's there. You start making things up. Well, no, what, what if? Your know, first thought is, what if there's something, something under my bed? 
what, what if, what if it's a, you know, Ooh, it's a creepy creature. What, 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 I think I'm pretty sure it's under there, but somehow magically you can cover yourself up with a sheet and it protects you from anything that's out there <laughs> because it gives you that sense of security and your brain is somehow, you know, appeased by that. If I let anything outside my bed, or if I let my hand, you know, droop over the side of my bed, that creature's going to grab me and pull me under the bed. And then where, where are you going to go from there? Under the bed. You're under the bed and that's it. That's all. Then what? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where it's the fear of the unknown and your brain starts filling in the blanks. Well, that's what they've done here. They have filled in the blanks with all the rhetoric, their own, they've listened to their own rhetoric too long. And they've gone insane. So here you go. That, that's what you have, uh, folks. That's what you got. The, um, tomorrow morning, the show will go on uh, fairly early, quite a bit earlier than today, by the way, because I have to get out of the house uh, by about nine o'clock in the morning. So this, there's going to be an early show tomorrow morning, regardless of what's going on around here, regardless of who's here, what's happening. Uh, that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to be sitting around sipping, sipping my tea the rest of the day. It looks like it's going to be rain here today, my, my, so in my location, which means not a whole lot of work outside going to happen. I'll be working on in, in, inside today, even though I still have a lot of work to do. I wish I would have gotten some things done yesterday. It just kind of crept away from me. In the meantime, uh, hopefully everybody has a, a great rest of your week. I will talk to you tomorrow morning, and uh, Lord willing, I'll be here. Pray for our nation, pray for the leaders and all the crazy people, and pray for the just people's eyes to be opened up and the truth to be shown for what it is. God bless everybody. Have a great day.